Welcome to Together We're Better podcast. This will be the best 30 minutes of your day. I'm your host, Brandon Morris, the manager of community engagement with Building Our Future here in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Welcome. To all of our listeners, this podcast is centered around the question, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? This month's episode is titled, The History of Building Our Future. In this episode, we all have the pleasure of hearing from Gene Moran, retired former owner of LMI Packaging, Todd Battle, president of Kenosha Area Business Alliance, and Tatiana Buchanan, the executive director of Building Our Future. You'll hear their stories as they recall the steps it took for the Kenosha community to give the blessing for the education initiative we now know as Building Our Future. You'll want to listen to this 30 minutes of how the quote, schools can't do it alone, help create the backbone entity of Kenosha County. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Brandon Morris, and I'm here with some great folks, great friends of mine, colleagues. Uh, Gene, would you like to check in, introduce yourself first? Um, Jeep Moran, and I am a retired, involved citizen in Kenosha, and the organization I'm affiliated with at this point is Leadership Table of Building Our Future. Excellent. Todd? Yeah, uh, my name's Todd Battle. Um, I'm also a citizen here in Kenosha. I work for the Kenosha Area Business Alliance, which is the economic development organization for the Kenosha County area. Been doing that for, for quite a while, but yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. Thanks. And Tatiana. Yep. Uh, hello, everyone. Tatiana Buchanan, and I am the executive director with Building Our Future. Well, thank all of you guys for this check-in. I am super excited about this episode uh, because I really respect history and I think it's important. So uh, before we get into the history of Building Our Future, tell us a little bit about yourself. Jean, let's start with you. Who are you? Who am I? Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm going to start with... Uh, well, what comes to mind first for me is that I'm the mother of three adult children who I am incredibly proud of, six grandchildren, one more on the way, so that's first and foremost. And then after that, um, I moved to Kenosha about 30 years ago. We moved our company here, and um, it was a great environment that I love, and now the third generation is, is running that business, own my packaging, and that has been my connection here. Excellent. Thank you. And Todd, who are you? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm not a Kenosha native either. I moved here about 17 years ago with my um, fiance at the time, now wife. And uh, we, I started my career here uh, in economic development. Uh, my wife's a teacher. Uh, we've raised uh, two daughters here that are now, um, one's a freshman in high school, one's a, a seventh grader uh, in, the, in the local school district. Um, and so have worked in this economic development capacity for the entire time here in Kenosha, um, working a lot with public and private community leaders to help grow and sustain the community. And I've just been pretty active in a number of different ways and have a special interest in education just because I think it's kind of bedrock kind of foundation of where the community is going to go long term. Excellent. And Tatiana, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? <laughs> Who am I? Um, born and raised in Kenosha. 
uh, went through the KUSD system, uh, always worked in the nonprofit sector, so either in this region, Kenosha Racine, or abroad. Um, I love to travel, and uh, in my opinion, uh, there's no greater education than to travel. So that's a little bit about myself. Excellent. Thanks, everybody, for, for checking in. Uh, telling us a little bit about yourself. Now, let's dive into why we're all here. And Gene, we'll start with you. So how did this idea of, of building our future and creating this building our future, how did it come about? Well, it was really quite a winding path that I cannot explain why it happened the way it did, but I'll just give you the highlights. And the first one I think was being in the business community and sitting on the board of Kaba. Um, eventually becoming the chairman of the board and then having many conversations with Todd about, um, and I'll let you talk about this part, Todd, the Foresight 2020, and what would the issues that we would be wrestling with in 2020 be and how could we address them five years prior to them happening. And so that really got me onto the education uh, focus. Um, and uh, the other highlight would be um, joining the Kenosha Cares Coalition, which was, um, put together to find great leadership for our school board. And uh, that organization had to bring, had to spend a certain amount of money just dictated by law on um, things that would help the community. And one of those was bringing Jamie Bulmer. Um, schools can't do it alone. And that just rocked my world um, hearing his message. It was just very uplifting. And then finally, um, I got involved in an organization called Be The Change that I thought that I could take on the world with 10 high school students and be the change that we needed in Kenosha and found out that it's much more complex than I thought. And then Debbie Ford uh, called me up, um, the Chancellor of Parkside, and suggested that I come and listen to a presentation um, by Higher Expectations, which is a Strive um, organized group. And at that presentation, I was blown away with the concepts and then there's a whole long story after that, but that was the road that got me there. Wow, thank you. Uh, so Todd, how did this idea come about from your lens? Yeah, uh, Gene did a good job of kind of giving you the backstory of the Foresight 2020 convenings. Uh, we, we did a handful of those in the community five to seven years ago, and I think the idea was, you know, there's always things to celebrate in a community that you think are going well, and whether it's, you know, we've got, a nice performing economy, we've got growth, whatever the, the case may be. But then there's also these things that you want to kind of put a lens on and go, these are the areas where if we don't put some time and energy and resources and attention in some of these areas, they have the potential to, uh, you know, come, you know, we, we need to address some of these issues so that the community continue to do really well and continue to thrive and prosper. And I think in some of those meetings, there, you know, the the typical bucket list of things would be we need to focus on downtown development. We need to focus on our education system. We need to focus on uh, economic development and job creation. So those types of things came up. But I think education kind of rose to the fore as something that was just very, you know, a, a very significant priority and a very significant building block for the community. And we also just saw that, you know, particularly in Kenosha, we have this very large school district that just has a lot of great things going for it, but it also has a number of challenges and just felt like that was something the business community and the community at large could be more engaged in, in terms of uh, helping and supporting our school district. And Gene mentioned the Jamie Vollmer 
uh, book and uh, talk on schools can't do it alone. I think that was pretty eye-opening for a number of people, just the fact that many of the things that our schools are held accountable for, they don't really have much support or resources to really address. Um, and there's so much stuff that goes on in the lives of our kids outside of the school building or the school day or the school year that really have an impact on how they're showing up at school and prepared to learn. And if we're not addressing any of those things, it's pretty hard to say, well, you know, we want our schools to thrive, but we're going to forget about all the stuff that goes on in our community outside of our schools. And so those were some of the building blocks. We, we learned more about this Strive Together national movement that was a kind of a collective impact, continuous improvement effort where um, communities were coming together with their schools in partnership to say, how can we help and how can we drive uh, better education outcomes for all? And how do we do that in a way that's, you know, positive and constructive as opposed to, you know, maybe complaining and, and, and destructive. And I think we like all those things about it. And we kind of started down this path. So, um, Todd, I guess I'll, I'll come back to you. Uh, you guys gave the, the history and how it started and, and when it started and brief history. Uh, so now it's a thing and it's building our future. So when did you get involved with more of the building our future side and, and why? Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, it was kind of, kind of day one because uh, some of the people that were involved in these Foresight 2020 conversations or the Jamie Ballmer discussion or where do we go from here, uh, Gene and I and a couple other individuals did some due diligence. We ended up, uh, uh, we found ourselves at a conference in Indianapolis that was talking about Strive and how it works and how communities can engage and what it looks like and how you set it up and how you operate it and how you fund it. And uh, CABA, in addition to being the area's economic development organization, has a foundation that's focused on education. And we felt like the, you know, the things that we were doing in the foundation were, were good, but this seemed like a, a better, um, better way for us to spend our time and energy and resources in terms of having the most bang for the buck was doing something that was kind of a broader based initiative like this. So we kind of directed some of our Kaaba Foundation resources toward this effort and really went about trying to set up a, a, an entity. Um, and you know, ultimately we decided to house it within the United Way and those types of things, but really to kind of create an organization that would lead this charge. So personally, what was your why? Um, yeah, I, you know, I've kind of said it. I mean, I just think to me, it seemed it just seems like education. Ultimately, if 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 you look at like the work that our organization does and what we want to see happen in the community, it's all about um, economic development and people able to have better lives, higher incomes, more disposable income, be wealthier and healthier. And at the end of the day. Just to me, it seems like there is an incredible correlation between education and how, how healthy and wealthy you can be. And so anything that we can do that improves educational opportunities, raises educational standards, increases educational attainment, ultimately is going to make our community healthier and wealthier. Excellent. Gene, to you. When did you first get involved in it and why? Well, I think Todd explained a lot of it. The only thing that I can add, I think, to what Todd said is Strive really um, 
impressed upon us how important it was to get community engagement. And before we could start anything, we had to know that our community was interested in this. And so there were many people that uh, stepped up and made that possible. I, I believe uh, Dr. Ford had um, offered Parkside and we had about 150 people there. And after going through the training that talk, Todd talked about, we presented to them what this would look like for our community and are you interested? And um, they then said, what do they think the biggest issues were? And again, education was right up on top. Then we came back to 30, uh, so this work is all about including all sectors. And so um, we had a meeting at Uline. They were kind enough to offer us their big conference room and we had about 30 leaders from the community, government, faith, um, business, social services, and I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but we all sat in that room and we had a presentation from Strive directly to the leadership of Kenosha. And at the end of the meeting said, so, you know, silent vote, you know, no one's gonna see what you're gonna say on a piece of paper, yes or no, do we go forward with this? And um, the thing that really impressed me was that we had 30 yeses. There were 30 people in the room, we had 30 yeses. That was the, the signal to go. And then as Todd said, it was building the infrastructure after that. So. You know, it, it was right from the beginning with Todd and others in the community. Wow. So, I guess personally, what was your why? You know, as a business owner, um, I mentioned earlier the conversations I had with Todd about workforce development. Um, the writing was on the wall. And I do have a passion for children uh, being able to live into their genius. And um, I have a fear that too many kids are not getting the opportunity to be who they can be for our community. And I love this site. I think Brandon, my why is that I do love this community. I, I truly love it. And I want it to be you know, a model for other communities in our country. And if we don't resolve this piece, then that goes away and that's not acceptable to me. Wow, powerful. Um, so we have Jean and Todd who are in the business sector. And you being, having history in nonprofit, how did you get involved and what was your why? Yeah, so Brandon, I got involved, I was gone for a little bit, so I actually left the community for like two and a half years. But I, you know, worked in the nonprofit sector and I was doing work abroad as well. And um, so when I returned to uh, Kenosha, um, it was, I met Jean and uh, then later on had conversations with Todd and uh, Tracy, uh, the former uh, CEO of United Way of Kenosha County, and uh, became really intrigued in this collective impact framework. So this theory of action that Strive Together lays out. And so I attended the, uh, the summit at UW Parkside in that ballroom that Jean alluded to uh, back in August of 2016. And I thought, wow, we have the entire community here, all the different entities that make up a community, right? Business, nonprofit, our school district, higher ed, uh, faith-based community, uh, our families, are, you know, our parents, uh, learning about this theory of action and um, that it will take all of us um, in order for all of our students and our community to reach their full potential. And so I, it was like, sign me up. So, and that's how it started. And I was pretty impressed because being in the nonprofit sector, um, this collective impact is about bringing everyone to the table. You know, it's not just one entity to solve these significant problems. And um, it really does take a village. 
So like, like I asked Gene and Todd, like personally, what was your why? My why, born and raised in this community. I love this community. Um, I want everyone to reach their full potential and make this the best place. Mm -hmm. Thanks. All, all your answers are, are, are truly amazing and it's a, it, it feels uh, very rewarding to hear you know, the history of building our future and, and your whys behind it. Um, so, Gene, we're gonna come back to you um, asking a question, how have you seen the work evolve over the past five years? I'd say, Brandon, probably the first two years was that infrastructure. It really took a lot to get the funding, the logistics, the staffing, um, and, and to identify with the community what were the pathways, what was most important to us. And when we landed that, we landed on um, starting with three instead of, I believe there were five or six, and that would be smart beginnings. You know, um, a child ready for kindergarten um, has a, a much better potential of being ready for a career later in life. A child that re is reading at third grade level has a greater opportunity of graduating from high school and being ready for a career later in life, and then just college and career readiness. So we focused on those three, and then really critically important that I had no clue would be important was community engagement. And um, I will tell you that's where I've played the most in the last couple of years, and it has been so powerful to begin a conversation with all of our citizens and to include everyone. And it, it became, I'm, I'm just gonna add this for myself, it has just become so clear to me that unless we include everyone in the conversation, we'll never reach the goal that we're trying to achieve here. And so um, I, I'll let the others talk about the rest, but those would be the things that really you know, stick out for me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Todd, have you seen the work evolve over the past five years? Yeah, I kind of echo some of that. Um, I, I mean, I just think like five years ago when this started, it was a well-meaning kind of good idea, but there was no infrastructure. There wasn't an organization. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't really kind of a network to, to do anything with. It was just we wanted to make a difference and we wanted to have a positive impact, but there wasn't really any... Um, infrastructure to do that and now you know you kind of fast forward five years later there's you know active groups in the community there's networks there's a lot of trust being built between members of the community that, that are in different industries or different sectors there's trust being built between our organization in the school district and key leaders in the school district and there's starting to be like the the, the foundation of a really strong partnership, whereas five years ago it was just just an idea with really no 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 way to substantiate it. And now I think we're starting to build some of the, the momentum that we need in terms of really having an impact on educational attainment and educational outcomes. Thank you. Uh, and then Tatiana, being the executive director, how have you seen this work evolve over the last five years? Yeah, so in addition to playing the role of a convener and a neutral facilitator, the Building Our Future team is providing coaching and support to our local partners to strengthen their own services and offerings, so creating more efficiencies within their respective organizations and systems, and really supporting a culture of continuous improvement. 
The partnership uh, continues to collect data and feedback from the community to track outcomes across that credo to career continuum that Jean described earlier. Um, the partnership is lifting up important uh, policy agendas, such as access to high quality, affordable childcare. This past year, we launched the first Parents Advocating for Child Care Fellowship, which was an opportunity for uh, several of our parents, four parents, uh, to advocate for policy change in the early childhood care space. And we continue to learn from our national organizations Strive Together. We're starting to focus more on system level indicators in addition to the cradle to career outcome areas like kindergarten readiness, uh, third grade reading proficiency, eighth grade math, high school graduation, and so on. And really look at the system level indicators in addition uh, to how organizations and institutions impact that achievement gap. So that would be some of the work um, of how we've evolved over the past five years. Thank you, thank you for that. Uh, so I'm just gonna open this question up to anyone and uh, I guess Tatiana, we'll start right back with you, uh, but all you guys will get a chance to, to answer. Is there anything else that you would want our listeners to know about the work of building our future? Tatiana? Yeah, great question there, Brandon. Um, one thing that comes to mind is, you know, these problems that we're trying to solve are not short term, right? We won't have all the solutions in five and 10 years down the road. This really is the ultra marathon I like to refer to. Um, a quote that really resonated with me the other day is, uh, we are not accountable to numbers, we are accountable to people. And uh, relationships are certainly at the core of our work here. And so community engagement is essential. We heard that loud and clear back at the summit at UW Parkside in August 2016 that this partnership would move at the speed of trust. So there's some additional things I would add to our work. Um, Todd, to you, anything else you want our listeners to know about the work of Building Our Future? Yeah, um, I guess, you know, maybe kind of piggybacking on piggybacking on some of what Tatiana said. I think um, some of the stuff we've learned along the way or, or really kind of maybe sh sharpened our saw a little bit is I think um, this work is about, you know, making sure that everybody at the, in the community has a voice and is at the table because I think we're trying to affect a lot of change. And if, um, you know, it's viewed as this uh, kind of standalone group that's not connected to the community and is trying to drive change but really doesn't, have broad participation from the community, I, I think it's less effective. So we had to build some trust. But then also, um, you know, just in, in, in being part of the leadership table and other groups, we had to be pretty intentional about uh, how we did business, how we engaged with the community, how we invited people to participate. Um, and probably that, I think that was something that I learned along the way, particularly with this effort is just, we had to be more thoughtful and intentional about um, making sure that this this group was very inclusive and that the community had a voice at the table and and those that wanted to um, participate and be involved had that opportunity and i think we we have done a really good job with building our future of, of operating in that way thank you so gene to you is there anything else that you would want our listeners to know about the work of BOF? Well, first of all, I'm going to echo what Tatiana and, and uh, Todd said, because those are critically important things that sometimes get overlooked. 
Um, the thing that I would add to that is, I don't know if the listeners were at the um, Inspire event or if they had access to um, Dan Heath and the book Upstream, um, but I would encourage, if any of this is of interest to them, that they pick up that book and read it because the work that we're doing here that we're talking about today is upstream work. And um, what that means is that um, there are so many things that our community needs. We do need new parks, we do need um, bookmobiles, we need so many things, but that's only a part of the solution. And um, the work that we're doing here is not quite as sexy as that work, meaning that you know no one might know your name when you're involved in it. No one might know what you accomplished, but 20 years from now, it could have a huge effect on our community. And so um, I just think that's important. And I think I always want to raise that up because we need support. We need people to become involved both education-wise um, wise, and um, funding and participation. And, and so I guess that's what's really important for me. Thank you for that. So, Jean, we're going to come back to you with this last question. And uh, this podcast is centered around the question, what's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? I'm smiling at you, Brandon, because you know my answer. It's Margaret Mead's quote, which I always kind of screw up a little bit, and it is that never underestimate the power of a small group of people to change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. Margaret Mead. <laughs> Todd, to you. What's possible when you bring people together around a shared result? Yeah, um, I don't know if I have anything as eloquent as Jean's. I think that's her her statement is great, and that that quote is great. Um, maybe I just attack this guy, kind of going the other way. If we don't bring people together and have kind of this shared goal of improving our education system and ultimately improving our community, it just it just seems like that that that'd be really missing the boat. So I I think that's why you know continue to support and embrace this initiative is we're trying to bring the community together around a really important subject, which is raising the education standard in our community. And I think that's got a, a lot of powerful impact on this community long-term. Wow. Well, Tatiana, you have to follow up after those. Two. <laughs> <laughs> so what's possible when we bring people together around a shared result? Yeah, Brandon, anything is possible. Uh, no one organization alone in isolation can solve complex community problems. The only way we can create real lasting change is by working together and holding each other accountable to the end result. Woo! You guys are some, some, some power hitters. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you for that. And now for our special edition of Rapid Fire Questions. Todd, we're going to start with you. Are you ready? Sure. All right, here we go. What's your best leadership quality? Mm, uh, I don't know if everybody else would agree, but what I think it is, um, I wouldn't say fearless, but I would say I probably have more confidence than I should have. So one philosophy I always say often wrong, but never in doubt. And so like there's times where you might not know something or might be afraid to do something. I, I will still jump right in and do it and learn whether, you know, it ends up in a good result or a bad result. So I think 
sometimes when you're tentative, you miss some opportunities or you don't don't do some things that you maybe should or or could or would do. And so, you know, I, I think that just kind of not being afraid to fail or having maybe more confidence than I should have sometimes uh, allows me to jump into things that other people might shy away from. All right. Which restaurant has the best, the best pizza in Kenosha? Yeah, I got to go north side on this. I got to go with Casa Capri. Casa Capri. <laughs> what book are you reading right now? Uh, the book I'm in right now is uh, The Captain Class, a book by Sam Walker, who was a speaker at one of our past Inspire events. It's, uh, it's a book about a number of, they, they do it through sports, but it's a book about the number of sports dynasties and the, the leaders and the captains on those particular teams and what traits they had in common. And it's not what you would necessarily think in terms of high-profile vocal leaders. There's some, there are a lot of qualities these leaders have that don't necessarily jump out the page at you. Pretty neat book. Wow. Is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in there? Uh, he's not. No? Okay. All right. Gene, to you. What's your best leadership quality? Oh, my best leadership quality is a passion that I have to find the genius or the uniqueness in people and then the courage to support it no matter what it takes. Which restaurant has the best pizza in Kenosha? Right, there's two answers. If it's takeout, for me it's Kaiser's. If it's cook it at home, it's Tanunas. Wow, okay. What book are you reading right now? I am reading Evicted. And um, what it's about is how the system is getting the exact results that it's designed to get, which are not very good, but how important it is, therefore, to change the system, and um, also the impact that bad system is having on our children. And Tatiana, to you, what's your best leadership quality? Um, I'm allowing people to just show up who they are, as they are, you know, just be you. I, we're all having this human experience and that's hard enough. And so I just really want to create a team um, that everyone just shows up as who they are. Nice. Which restaurant has the best pizza in Kenosha? So I'm going to go on the south side uh, and I'm going to do uh, Sal's Pizza. Sal's Pizza. And what book are you reading right now? Yeah, a book that I'm currently reading right now is The Sum of Us, What Racism Cost Everyone and How We Can Prosper Together by Heather McGee. Heather was one of our uh, keynote speakers at this year's National Strive Together convening uh, earlier in October, and uh, that's the book I'm currently reading. And hopefully our leadership table members will be reading it alongside the BOF team. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Gene, thank you. Todd, thank you. Tatiana, thank you. Uh, this was an amazing episode. We appreciate you guys for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening in on another impactful episode. This one being titled The History of Building Our Future. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Gene Moran, Todd Battle, and Tatiana Buchanan. Thanks again, guys, for being on this episode to build awareness around how an education initiative with a focus around cradle-to-career outcomes came to life in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Through all the many gems that were being dropped on this episode, here's one that really resonated with me. 
We are not accountable to numbers. We are accountable to people. And relationships are at the core of our work here. So here's a question that I have to all of our listeners. What is possible when you bring people together around a shared result? Feel free to leave your answers in the comments. And trust me, I do read all of the comments. Also, make sure you subscribe to our podcast and share this conversation with a friend or family member, someone that should know about building our future. As always, be well.